0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Steve Hartland, uh, not in studio again. However, through the beauty of modern technology, we have him <laughs> online. And um, I think the uh, – Steve, I think the connection that we have with you is much clearer than we've had the past couple of weeks. So uh, why don't you go ahead and say hi to everyone out there.
1: Yeah, so for that connection, hats off to uh, Apple and uh, – And uh, FaceTime, huh?
0: Yes. Yes. uh, Pretty nice. Initially, we were going to do Skype, and then um, you kind of texted me, and you were like, "Um, so there was an update on the iOS, and it screwed with my Skype. So I was like, okay, well, why don't we try FaceTime and see how that works? Uh, Yeah.
1: And and just so I can grump a little bit, my my computer is about seven years old now. I have a MacBook Air. I really love it. But uh, it's getting old. So the last two iOS updates really screwed me up, man, like messed up with a lot of my documents, messed up a lot of uh, uh, PowerPoint presentations or oh. Keynote, as they're called here. Yeah. Uh, files have disappeared, and lots of people have had these problems. So so I'm not surprised that when we went to use Skype tonight, it said, no, 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 you're not going to use me. Right. <laughs> Glad man. FaceTime still worked. Sounded- but hey, great to be here.
0: Yeah, I was I was going to say it's sounding more and more like you know we're dealing with Windows here and not Mac. That's kind of disconcerting. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um,
0: now before we get into our topic uh, tonight, Steve, which you know I'm I mean as always I'm I'm super excited to be talking about um, all of these things that we're going to be talking about. Um, you know these topics. I think I think they're fun. Um, I think it's you know, it speaks to, they speak to where we are in culture and in society and it allows us, you know, just to address topics and issues. And I think tonight's topic's no different than that. Um, but, uh, you know, want to, um, remind our listeners, you know, just that, um, anytime somebody does a podcast, it's, it's really done, um, on their own time and it's, it, it can be hard to keep up with, you know. Different people um, are in different seasons of their life at any given time. Um, you know, Greg uh, entered a season into his life where he he was just looking at everything that was on his plate, and just something had to give. Um, and it was it was the podcast. You know, there was a season on the podcast where I was uh, looking at, it and I was like, you know, I just I can't do uh, once a week. You know, It was just starting a new job and it was just getting to know curriculum and material. It was just too much. And so we cut it back. Um, and Steve, you kind of entered, have entered a season in your life where you're just evaluating things and you're like, you know what? There's right now at least um, in terms of hosting the podcast full time, you've just kind of looked at it and said, you know what? I've got to cut back on that. I can't be in that capacity full time. Um, you know, and I totally respect and understand that, um, you know, as uh, a pastor, as a, uh, you being a pastor, I mean, as, you know, a husband, father, grandfather, um, son-in-law, you know, uh, there are things going on in your life at any given moment, whether it's, you know, family or congregationally or whatever it might be. And you've just kind of entered a season in your life where you were like, you know, I think I need to back off from doing this full time. I would love to be able to come back on as, you know, um, a regular or semi regular um, co host like you were before. Um, and of course, that door is always open and available to you. Um, as, um, you know, with Greg, if there ever comes a point down the road where your schedule frees up, you know, would love to have you back on full time as well. So uh, I just wanted to give you a. F- you know, a few minutes to, um, you know, say whatever, uh, you wanted to say, um, you know, you're under, uh, no obligation to, you know, divulge whatever. Um, but, you know, just wanted to give you a few minutes to, you know, have the spot here and, and talk to the listeners out there.
1: Thank you for that. And you did a really fine job of, uh, kind of introducing this transition in, in my life, this transition out of being a co-host. Um, I would love to, uh, do what you just said if I could just revert back to where I was as a an occasional, I guess, a guest on the show, yeah. whatever the right term would be, that that worked pretty well. That was great. And I, I would love to do that because uh, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. I really, I really love these podcasts. It's, it's a great source of personal pleasure for me to sit down with you and sometimes with others that we interview or whoever's mm-hmm. on and uh, go over topics together and talk about them. Uh, brings me a lot of joy it also brings me a lot of joy when folks i know say hey man i listened to the podcast that was really good yes Um, that's nice to hear that somebody's profiting from it so there's a lot that i'm going to miss about this but um you know sometimes hard choices have to be made right so Mm -hmm. hard choice hard choice
0: yep and you know um just like you know again just like with greg you know it's you know, always open. The door's always there. Um, you know, I want to let, um, listeners know that, you know, with both, um, Steve and Greg, you know, there, there wasn't any, we, we have never, um, had any struggles or fighting issues or anything like that. This isn't, you know, it's unfortunate. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it would almost be easier just to be like, you know, they were just being a big jerk and decided to, you know, it's no, I, I mean, hate you. Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. No, it <laughs> it is really just, you know, different stages in life come along. Um, this is, um, you know, as, as much as I try to alleviate some of the um, pressure and tension of, you know, the podcast stuff I do, you know, the editing and the mixing and all that stuff. But um, it's still, it, it is a commitment, you know, it really, it really is a commitment um, to be able to try to set aside that time um, to, to come out and do this. And so I appreciate everything that you've done, Steve, since um, July um, of being out here and um, you know sometimes making the trek up to my house, calling in, whatever it might be, um, and, and really taking the time to give your um, thoughts um, on the matters that we've been talking about. And so it has been a great pleasure and joy. Um, you know, one of the questions that I think the listeners are going to have is, uh, "Well, who's going to be the new uh, co-host?" Uh, I will say that is to be determined. Um, mm, that stay is, tuned. That's right. Stay tuned. Um, I, I have acknowledged the fact that I am not good as a solo um, host. That just me. Th- there are some people that have a talent and a gift. For just sitting down in front of a microphone and ranting and raving over things. I am not one of those people. I need someone that I can feed off of. I need someone to bounce ideas off of who can uh, give a little bit of pushback or a little bit of a different perspective even if they agree um, and just talk with. I need someone to talk with and so – over the course of the next uh, several re- weeks here, while, while some of that is being worked out, um, I've lined up a series of um, guests um, to come on and uh, talk about books that they've written and talk about um, things that they are passionate about um, in uh, whatever field it might be in. Um, so I will have uh, varying co-hosts. Over the next several weeks, um, and and one of the things that we should mention too, I don't think we did, Steve, was you are you are planning on staying on um, and and kind of going um, and finishing up February with me? So, yep, it's yeah, not I do like,
1: I want to leave you in the lurch here, so yeah, it's be happy not, to not stick like tonight
0: is. Hey, see you all later, and then you know um, that's it. No, 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 um, you're going to hang around with us, so we'll have a few more topics and. Uh, yep. things that we'll, we'll work yep. our way through. So, you know, very excited l- about that.
1: And let me just, uh, reaffirm what you already said, and that is that, uh, there hasn't been any kind of conflict between us. Um, it, it, it's, I said that's unfortunate because it would help the podcast if we got into fights sometimes. Yes. <laughs> you know, if we disagreed and took opposing views and debated them and so on. But we just find we agree on pretty much everything. Yeah. <laughs> like it's kind of scary. I mean, it was the same with Greg. We just yes. agreed on everything. Um and uh, I've been even trying to find things we could disagree on, and I can't find them. Yes. So it's not like we had any disagreement, not that we differ over anything, not that we've had some kind of big argument over something or other, not at all. It's, uh, man, Nathan's a great guy. I, I love Nathan. I love Greg, too. Um, love spending time with you guys. Absolutely. It's just sometimes decisions have to be made. And
0: yep. Here it is. Yep. And and again, you know, we'll, um, you know, listeners, um, you know, we'll be, we'll be praying for you and for Greg, you know, don't forget to be praying for Greg during this time and um, this season, um, you know, as, uh, you know, there are just transitions that are being made and, you know, um, it's it's all good. You know, I mean, the fact of the matter is, Steve, you know, you mentioned no huge fights and arguments. And I think that's because at the core of what we held to from the very beginning, it was – um, it was the gospel, you know. The gospel was the key point, and then everything outside of that was just—they're just such minor issues that I think, in comparison to the scope of what the gospel means, we just didn't care. Um, yeah. That's you right. know. And so I think that was really what it was. It wasn't that it, you know, I think when people go back and listen they're like, "Oh, well they did kind of disagree on this, but it was just kind of like, meh, you know, it was glancing because it in comparison to the most important aspects of the gospel, it just it didn't matter."
1: Yeah, in fact, now that we're talking, I can think of one area where I think you and I would disagree, mm-hmm. but I don't believe you and I have ever discussed it. I think you and Greg covered this topic before i was a part of this whole thing and that is um when it comes to uh male and female and roles thereof yes i think i think you are more egalitarian and i'm more complementarian so yes. we could probably have a debate on that one but we never did it
0: right well you know what there's still uh there's still a couple <laughs> weeks left so maybe we go. can go ahead and uh and, and fit that one into there before uh before we uh sign <laughs> off so
1: we could have some fun with that that's
0: right um so, but tonight is not about that. Um, Steve. We just celebrated what i what I honestly believe could and maybe even should be turned into an American holiday um, <laughs> with the scope of how big it is, and that is uh the the Super Bowl um, and you know one of the things that I wanted to post to you when we were uh kind of coming up with the topic of what we were doing was uh, was that idea of the super bowl and you know just kind of looking at it and um you know seeing looking at okay the sporting event itself looking at the fellowship that surrounds it um looking at things like uh does god care about who won or lost the super bowl and then even um as as days have kind of progressed on um I've been seeing a lot of you know snark and gloat uh over the patriots losing um, you know and uh you know what's what's kind of the appropriate like you know little needling there with sports of oh you know my team won my team lost you know that type of thing and then where does it get taken too far with you know what some some things that I I consider you know slandering someone's name you know wow um, where you know Tom Brady you know people oh Tom Brady's an arrogant jerk and this that and the other and you know it's like uh, well we'll get into that I don't want to I don't want to uh, spoil that you know too early but but let's start sure. with the um, you know the event itself
1: well let, let me ask you if I may sure did you did you favor one team or the other you, th-
0: this is what I tell people I I'm a Patriots fan but in name only um, because I grew up in New England I really don't follow football on any scale enough to jump between one team or another um, and so I've just I've always considered myself a New England fan uh, but that's because that's where I grew up and um, when I go home and talk with friends and family those are typically the stats that I get from you know who's doing what and who's playing what um, but I really honestly at the end of the day don't care um, and, and that that's not really even being um, you know, I don't care in comparison to the gospel. It's I really don't care about team sports. Um, I love individual sports. Uh, I'm a huge fan mm. of. Um, back in the day, there actually used to be legit martial arts tournaments. I used to love to follow those. Mm. I used to compete mm. in those. You know, um, I I do enjoy the, the one team sport that I do enjoy is uh, soccer or you know football, real football, yeah. European um, football. Yep. I do. I I can sit down and I could, you know, from um, eight o'clock in the morning until two o'clock in the afternoon, sit down and watch, you know, like the Barclay (laughs) League or the Premier League or, you know, Uh and I I just, I do. I enjoy the game. I love the game. Um, But I'm not, again, I don't go nuts. People ask me, well, who's your favorite team? It's like, I really, I don't have one. I enjoy just sitting down and watching a good game of soccer. You know, when the World Cup comes around, go America. You know, but at the end of the day, like if if I'm watching a great game, then I really don't care. Um, and so, you know, with football or or most other organized sports, I'm just kind of like, meh. You know, I, I go to you know get some chicken wings and you know some shrimp and you know eat and talk and you know I go for the enjoyment of the company that I'm with.
1: Mm, pretty cool. Um- well, once again, you and I are disgustingly alike. <laughs> uh people listening to this podcast aren't gonna like this, man. This is this is un American.
0: I know, right? Um
1: but uh I well let me just say first, I I'm really happy that that uh the Patriots didn't win this one and that the underdogs with their second string quarterback actually pulled off a win. Yeah. I just like seeing that happen. Sure. But uh I I didn't even watch it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Didn't even watch it. So so here's the deal with me. My dad is British. Yep. Came over here after World War II, met my mom, married. And so uh, there was a lot British about my upbringing. And part of that was he wasn't into baseball. He wasn't into football. He's just like you. He watches European soccer every day. Nice. <laughs> He's really into soccer, really loves soccer. And then uh, – so so I enjoy watching soccer too though I don't really follow any one team but um, i I like watching sports that i've actually been a part of mm. so I love downhill ski racing i've had opportunity to do a, a lot of that really nice. and i I love uh, watching uh, bicycling races, especially the northern European spring classics oh, every spring cool. there's a series of old-time classic races that are just brutal. Some of them go over miles and section after section of cobblestone roads where they beat the riders to death and they cover them in dust. And (laughs) Oh, man, I just love that stuff. So because I've been involved in those sports, they really resonate with me. So uh, in the winter, I'm watching the, the World Cup Series downhill skiing, and pretty soon there will be Olympic skiing that I'll get to enjoy too. Yeah and uh in the spring and summer even including the tour de france though i'm not as interested in that as i have the spring classics it's just such a big production it's a little sickening but um i will watch the tour de france those are my sports that i follow
0: nice nice that's great so you uh, so there was no there was no party that you ended up going to or anything like that um on no, Sunday? no i actually got
1: invited to a party and i declined
0: okay <laughs> No, I'd rather sleep. <laughs> I
1: feel so un-American sitting here and admitting this. Also, I think a contributing factor was I, I did play a little neighborhood football when I was a kid, uh, and that was fun. But, but when it came to actually playing, let's say, at high school or anything, yeah. uh, I didn't have a chance, man. I was such a skinny kid. Oh, okay. I was always the youngest kid in my class, too, because I was born like the day before school started. So I, I was young. I was skinny, really yeah. skinny. And, uh, man, I'd get crushed in football. So my interest very quickly turned elsewhere, namely to music and playing drums. And that was my thing rather than football.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, I I went to a school that didn't have a football team. And it's funny because our athletic director – you know we would play touch football and of course when you you know you've got a bunch of guys playing touch football in pe it soon turns de from touch into tackle and i remember the athletic director just looked at me one day um, you know and i i just made this play and flattened this you guy killed and somebody. he was, he was just, like you would think he would be upset but no he was just a dude who loved football and he was like man i wish we had football just to watch you play <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of chuckled because I was like, you know, I went home and told my mom and she's like, you the most uninterested person in, you know, team That's sports funny. like that would And I, mean, I was like, well, you know, I I have fun
1: flat people. You have a naturally sturdy build. So were you a pretty stout, strong fellow even like in high school or junior I,
0: high? I I was. Yeah, if you could I mean if you could picture my build but, you know, um a lot thinner. Um, that was, yeah, I mean, I still like when I work out, I really, my shoulders don't, um, lose like my chest area doesn't lose the mass on it. Um, Mm -hmm. when I work out, like it's my, it's my waist and hips that kind of lose that, um, Mm -hmm. that weight Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the stomach goes down too, which is nice, which is why I got to start getting back into the gym. Um, -hmm. but, um, but yeah, so I really, I maintain that like broad, you know, kind of stocky look. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: So. Oh, by the way, I should just throw in. I've also gotten really interested in MMA. Oh, so nice. I'm not. I'm not a huge or regular follower of that either. But yep. every now and then I pick something up and watch it and just love that and yep. wish I had started life off with. Uh, I wish I was a young man. I had had jujitsu. Yep. And had and had practiced it all down through the years. A little late to start now when I'm 63. I think.
0: I think it depends on what you're doing. Yeah. I think, I think if, you know, you were, you were doing like more of a traditional Brazilian jiu jitsu class, you would be okay. But yeah, I think the MMA, yeah, I think the MMA like ground and pound stuff. uh, I mean, even as a young guy, that never interested me. um, I, Uh you know, but the traditional like Brazilian Gracie jiu jitsu stuff, I really, I enjoy studying that.
1: Yeah. Where you're basically rolling on the mats. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Like that.
0: So. Yep. but um, yeah, I mean, going back to the you know um, football, you know, just I, you know, one of the things that I do love about the Super Bowl, which you you really don't get um, in any other football game throughout the season, <laughs> is is just that that sense of fellowship and cr- just camaraderie. Lost you. Are you still there? Uh, Hello. Yes, Steve. Can you hear me? Hello, Steve. So one of the things that I really just absolutely love about uh, the Super Bowl is that sense of camaraderie, you know, the sense of fellowship that you um, that you have with people. You know, I get together. Basically, it's a, a friend of mine who I've known for years. He invites Joy and I because we both uh, we taught his daughters for a number of years, um, and I mean, Joy's known the family for you know going on thirteen plus years now. Um, and then I, you know, met and got involved with the family shortly thereafter and he invites us over and then it's, it's people from his church group. Um, and you know, he goes to a, um, a more reserved, uh, Baptist church. So there's no drinking, even though personally he loves to drink. He's just, you know, he said, I, I, I want to have my, you know, brothers and sisters over and they, you know, they don't, um, you know, they don't do that and they wouldn't come if I had alcohol, you know? And, and Hmm. so he's fine just being like, you know, I'm not going to have alcohol. Um, and you know, so these are people that I literally see once a year for this one event. Um, and and I just, I have a great time with them. You know, I mean, we recognize each other. It's like, Hey, same time as last year, right? You know, it's like, yep, yep, yep. I'm, you know, (laughs) um, and, um, you know, it's great. And I, I go and I'm basically the only Patriots fan, um, who goes to these things, everybody else because they 're basically from Baltimore, so no matter who 's playing um, you know it 's always hate the patriots um, but it 's fun you know because we're we 're sitting there we 're joking around um, you know and and we 're having a good time nobody 's being mean or nasty about it you know um, we 're just we 're enjoying the fellowship we 're enjoying talking, you know we enjoy laughing at the commercials or making fun of them, uh, because of how ridiculous they are and, you know, and just to me, it is just, it's an event where when I come away from it, I, I feel encouraged. I feel uplifted, not because, you know, it was anything like where, you know, people were heaping praises on me or anything, but it's just, it was a great sense of like friendship and fellowship, um you know, and so that's one of the reasons why I just really enjoy going um to this event because it's it's an event that I know i'll uh every year it's just consistent in who's going to be there and the type of mood that's going to be there and the fellowship and all of that you know it's one of the ones where you know joy typically does not she doesn't really like staying out later on school nights, but she will go to this event on a Sunday and stay up you know till 10 or 11 or later um, because it's the same type of thing you know she goes and talks to these people once a year gets reacquainted and gets caught up on everything that's been going on for the past year with them and vice versa and uh, we just you know we have a great time great time laughing and talking and sharing and to me that is what sports can be you know that is what sports should be it's hey you know what we're rooting for our team but we're doing so in a way that's not like tearing down the other person or seemingly tearing down the other person or the other team um,
1: so if you 're watching British soccer you don 't want to be one of the hoodlums that
0: <laughs> creates
1: havoc after the game
0: yeah no no that uh, that that just doesn 't uh, doesn 't thrill me at all that doesn 't interest me although I do have several friends who are um, soccer fans and they are like that. Um, really? So, oh, wow. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, wow. like, kind of toward the end of the game, I begin to make my way away from them. <laughs>
1: uh, before the violence begins. Uh. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> well, if I probably now that I revealed how little interest I have in football, um, I'm, I'm probably being booed as I leave these go to 11. <laughs> so, if I may just redeem myself a little bit, I, I will comment that I have I, honestly, sincerely, I have great appreciation for the sport. And the Um, players—it's a phenomenal sport. All that goes into it, all the teamwork that has to happen, all the working out, all the uh, you know the drills and preparing Mm -hmm. and so on—I have nothing but great admiration for that. You you know, I I like weightlifting, so I I really admire men who've been in the gym, yeah. And I admire them for their athleticism. These guys are unbelievable athletes. Like, I really love watching highlights. Yeah. So I've seen highlights of the game the other night man, there are some just amazing plays that people made. Yeah. So I I really respect that, and and, uh, I wouldn't want to miss those highlights. But I'm just not a huge fan. Right. So sorry.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's it's funny, too, because, um, you know, usually when I tell people I I don't enjoy um, American football, I enjoy European football, uh, I get a whole slew of reasons of why American football is 100 times better, all of which I completely (laughs) demolish. (laughs) Yeah. you know, by comparing it to European football. Um, but you know, aside from that, um, you know, one of the things that I, I've heard over the years as I've gone to various games, um, and I've been around, um, Christians is, um, and and I find this odd and interesting. I find this fascinating and it's not that I completely disagree with it. I just, I wonder to what extent we're putting weight and value on this. And that is, well, you know, it must have been God's will that, you know, the Eagles won. Or it must have been God's will that the Patriots won. Or it must have been God's will that such and such a team won. And I I don't want to discredit God's will in anything or his sovereignty in anything. Um, you know, because I don't believe that there, you know, as I think it was R.C. Sproul that said that there is no – Loose molecule or rogue molecule (laughs) in God's
1: universe. (laughs) That's Um, a Garsiaism.
0: And and I agree with that. I don't think there is anything that is outside of God's control. I don't. But I look at when I look at Scripture and I look at the grand scheme of what God emphasizes His sovereignty on, which again I agree is all of life in every aspect. But. The things that he emphasizes his sovereignty on, I, I don't see football mentioned anywhere in there. Um, you, you
1: don't? No. Which no. version are you using? I know,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. I, I need to get that uh, that that new revised NIV version. Yeah, that
1: must be the one,
0: huh? <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I'm just going to throw this out to you, Steve. To, to what extent do you think God cares? about who wins the Super Bowl?
1: That's a humorous question, isn't it? Yeah. You, you, you have to smile when you even think about that. To what extent does God, like, does God really care which team wins? And, and of course, we would broaden that then to does God really care about a whole lot of things? Does right. God really care that this company had profit, but that company didn't? Does God really care that, um, you know, this nation is doing well and that nation isn't doing well? So um, uh, I'm going to say, yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Um, And here's why I'll say that. Uh, Nothing in Scripture tells me that, so I'm just guessing. So it's important we say that. This is a guess. Mm -hmm. We like to stick to Scripture. Uh, Where Scripture speaks, we speak with authority. Where it doesn't, we say, uh. So I'm saying, uh, and I'm guessing. But um, I just can't imagine God saying, nope, I don't care. Eh, I don't care. Eh, I don't care. I can't imagine him saying that. Yeah. Um, But also, the thing you were touching on, God's sovereignty... And no rogue molecules. You know, I'm thinking of Ephesians 1.11. He is the God who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So here's this eternal counsel, this counsel between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in eternity past. And all things whatsoever shall come to pass were decreed, were agreed upon, were made firm, um, And then he is now in time working all of those things that were decreed, that were agreed upon. Now in time, he's working them. Um, that would include football. So it's not like God cares. Oh man, my team lost. I really wanted, (laughs) uh, you know, I wanted New England to win. It's not, not that he cares in that way, but everything that happens affects everything else that happens on the planet to some extent or other. And so the game needed to go the way it went. I sound like a fatalist, don't I? It needed to go the way it went because uh, that's – the effects that's going to have on this man and this person and this family and this city and whatever, whatever, are, are what God has decreed from eternity past. So in that sense, mm-hmm. he cares? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Am I out on a branch somewhere about to fall off?
0: No, I mean – see, and I and I struggle with this. Um, to a certain extent because i i I think i i would agree with everything that you're saying um but at the same time you know my question would be is it possible that the patriots could have won this game you know and, (laughs) and so you know within that like like i look at christ's prayer um you know, over the Pharisees um, when when he's at the wall. He comes up to the wall and, you know, if you, if you had just... Well, he's crying over Israel, you know. If you had just humbled yourselves and turned from your wicked way, you know, I would have gathered you like a mother hen to her chicks. I, I don't believe that in God's will and God's plan, that's just an empty prayer that, oh, well, they never were going to do that. And so it's, it's kind of a pointless prayer, right? I mean, really, at the end of the day, if we believed that it wasn't possible at all for Israel to humble themselves in that way, then why would Christ even bother praying that? you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I think the answer lies somewhere along these lines. Um, there's human understanding of events, and we pray accordingly. And then there's divine understanding of events and divine sovereignty over those events. Mm-hmm. And God acts accordingly. Um, so we pray, and Christ prayed as a man, just like He did in the Garden. Mm-hmm. Father, let this cup pass from me. And the answer was no. Mm-hmm. You are going to drink the cup. Uh, but in His human weakness, He prayed, "Oh Father, may I not face this bearing the wrath of God for mm-hmm. the sins of all Your people." Um, and the prayer was uh, answered in a negative. Go ahead and drink the cup. So uh, Christ, so Christ prayed, and we pray in our humanness for things that God is not going to grant because of his sovereign purposes. So could Christ have not drunk the cup? No.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was God's eternal decree. He would drink that cup. We don't know it till we see him drink it. Mm-hmm. This is like asking, could, could anything in history past have turned out differently? Well, sure, humanly speaking, it absolutely could have. Mm-hmm. You know, if you change this factor and remove that person and put this other thing in and give them a little more money, uh, all kinds of things could change. But in God's sovereignty, no, everything is exactly what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Like including the fall, right?
0: Right. Yeah, no, and 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 I would I would um, you know I would definitely I would agree with that, and I would say, but the question comes to mind, like you know, uh, I mean, let's take you know David and Bathsheba you know because we because i think we want to we don't want to sound like fatalists right i mean I, I don't know maybe we do i you know but like <laughs> I, I don't think no, we, we want to sound like fatalists you know like could david not have sinned with bathsheba i mean i think the answer is yeah he could have he could have made that decision he didn't and God, but god's plan wasn't thwarted because he didn't
1: right you know? so as a human being yes he could have resisted that temptation right but he didn't. Right. He gave into it. So once we see he gave into it, we say, "Ah, all right." Anything we look at in in the past, in past history, we can say, "Ah, that was God's will."
0: Right. Right.
1: We don't know it till it happens. Right. We don't know it when we're praying about it. We don't know it when we're looking forward. We don't know it when we haven't experienced it yet. But as soon as something happens, we can say, "Ah, okay, this is how God's working this according to the counsel of His will." Right. Right.
0: Yeah, it, but I think wouldn't I mean. Couldn't we also say with that too that you know God's will would have been accomplished even if David hadn't done that?
1: Well, yes, but then God would have had a different will.
0: Huh. See, yeah, I and, and I think this is where things get tricky and <laughs> and sticky because God's will is that we be perfect. Right? Be holy as I am holy. That's God's will.
1: Well, now you're talking about and I think scripture, scripture doesn't delineate this difference, but as we study Scripture, we have to understand this difference. There is God's decretive will in Scripture. It's what he has decreed. It shall happen. Mm-hmm. And then there's God's, uh, it's called different things, his moral will or his mm-hmm. prescriptive will. This is what we should do. Mm-hmm. So was it God's will that Adam and Eve should eat the fruit? No, 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 no. He, he told them, don't eat the fruit. Mm-hmm. He didn't want them to. Uh, they ate it. Mm-hmm. Was it God's decretive will that they would eat it? Yes, it was.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, and I think, and but I think we have to bring both of those things into focus because, again, God being perfect, not one aspect of Him is going to override another. You know, I mean, that's that's the point of the cross is that you know His sense of grace and mercy was not going to be outdone by His sense of holiness and righteousness the answer was found in Christ at the cross. It wasn't that... It was both. Right. It wasn't that it was an either and or one or the other. It was no, no, no. Both were absolutely perfectly fulfilled at the same time. And so I think those questions that we ask are, I think they're perplexities that are unique to who God is, but I don't think it's an either or. I think it's an and both. Uh, So
1: is God ever waiting to see which way things go?
0: no i don 't believe so i don 't believe right, he so. ever waits to see how things go. I think he does know how things are going to go. However, with that, I believe the the option is still before us of what we will choose i mean Absolute, in absolutely. in terms, in terms totally. of in terms of our perspective, totally. the option is before us
1: absolutely only
0: God knows the end of what that choice will be
1: totally agree
0: you know i, I believe yes. fully that david had a choice to make before bathsheba that he was not he was not quote unquote fated to sleep with bathsheba i right. believe that god in his sovereignty in his perfect foreknowledge knew exactly what was going to happen that there wasn't going to be anything that was going to turn david's eye from that totally agree but i believe I'll the go, choice I'll was go still... one
1: step farther. not only did god have foreknowledge but he also decreed. You can't foreknow something unless it's certain. Something right. isn't certain unless it's decreed, unless it's firm. So the reason God can foreknow what right. David would do is because he has decreed it from eternity past and it shall happen. So, yeah, from the human vantage point, David had a real decision to make. Right. And he exercised his will and made a real decision. Right. Once he made that decision, we can say, ah, that was according to God's decretive will. Right. Although it was against his prescriptive will.
0: Right. And I think we need to understand that that both of those are in perfect harmony with who God yes. is. Yes. That that we can't that as humans, you know, we look at those things and and we marvel and scratch our heads at them and how do those things work together? But with God, those things perfectly work out.
1: Yeah, no sweat. Yeah. Yeah. So. so, bringing us back to football,
0: that was that was actually a cool little uh, sidetrack we got off of there.
1: <laughs> yeah, not bad, huh? Um, bringing it back to football, uh, same thing. So, could the Patriots have won? Well, humanly speaking, sure. Yeah, they could have. They're a great mm-hmm. team. Um, but now that we see that they lost, we understand mm-hmm. God's decreetive will, which includes all things. Mm-hmm. No rogue molecules. I love that um God's of will was no actually it was going to be uh Philadelphia that won.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think that's something um to think about and consider as well for us as believers when we are, you know, vested into the, you know, sporting events so much, you know, is you know, railing against one team winning over another, you know, that's where yeah. you can look and say, you know what? God's will was done. Moving the will on. of
1: the Lord be done. Amen. 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 Yeah. Amen. 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 And not exactly related, but I want to. It reminded me of something that I want to be sure to say. Yeah. There is something that really irks me mm-hmm. about a lot of Christian guys I know, and 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 sports, baseball and football in particular. Yeah. Um. There are a lot of guys who know an awful lot about. Baseball history, what this player did, what that guy's batting average was, who the coach was on this team, who they hired, who played third base, uh, you know, what the current guy's stats are and so on and so forth, how fast this guy can pitch. And they can go on and on and on and on. on. But they struggle to quote me one Bible verse.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Pisses me off, man. (laughs) Hey, why don't you ignore football for three years and really get into your Bible and know your Bible better than you know football? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, serious, I'm doing a lot of guys who can rattle off amazing statistics. They've got great brains for it. Uh, I wish they could rattle off scripture like that.
0: Yeah, I I have the same problem with my middle schoolers. They can tell me, you know, any of the current songs and lyrics that are out on today. They can tell Uh, me the hottest movies and stars. They can tell me, you know, all the big sports, who's playing what, when, and where. You know, man, trying to get them to, you know, memorize, you know, their – their homework and give it to me back on a test or quit. Oh my goodness. Oh
1: my goodness. Or, you know, just quote, name the books of the Bible for me in order. Yeah. Come on. You know, all these amazing statistics. You can't name the books of the Bible. Yep. So, uh, hmm. (laughs) Um, there's one of my little peeves about it all.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think too, it shows where, um, just as, a culture, as a society where we've placed uh, the value of yeah. things, you know, um, that this – it is telling, you know. And again, that's not to say like, you know, these things um, aren't beneficial. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, um, you know, and a big believer of, you know, when Paul says um, everything is permissible but not everything is beneficial, That that, you know, when you look at things – that he's not saying that there is nothing that is beneficial outside of Scripture. You know, look around. Everything is permissible to you as a believer. But there are things that, you know, when you look at them, when you take them within a certain stride or a certain proportion, they are no longer going to be beneficial to who you are as a believer, you know? Yeah, amen. And so I think sports has great benefit to believers. You know, I just... Um, you know, told about the, the football party that was at. And, you know, it was just a great time being uplifted, you know, went away from that, just having a great time. And again, I was the only Patriots fan in there, you know, <laughs> surrounded by 10 or 12 other people who are rooting against me. Um, and I had a great time with those people. Because yeah, I was nice. never once made to feel like, oh, you're stupid for liking the Patriots or you're stupid for liking that team or this, that. It was, no, no, no. You know, hey, we're here to have a good time. We're going to kind of needle each other a little bit. And, you know, my team's going to win. No, my team's going to win. But it never got to the point where it was like it was mean or mean spirited.
1: Yeah, people are taking their their sport way too seriously when they start getting mean about it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hey, thinking about sports made me think about athletic metaphors in scripture. You know, the apostle Paul dropped a bunch of them. Oh
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) I've got a list in front of me, like a few examples. Second Timothy two, five, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Mm. Um, uh, First Timothy four, eight bodily training is of some value. So I want that value, but it's not real valuable uh let's see what else do we have here oh, there's a bunch more of them um so paul indicates to us he was familiar with the greek love of athleticism mm-hmm. and he uh employed it for the sake of the gospel he was really kind of contextualizing his message yeah. using an illustration that they could understand it was very common in their culture yeah and he doesn't He never critiques sports like saying, why is your stupid culture wasting so much time on sports?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: No, rather he just picks up their sports metaphor or their sports idea and says, yeah, I can use that for the gospel. Yeah. So Paul does not seem to be anti-sport. Here's another one. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it for a perishable wreath. We do it for an imperishable wreath. Yep. There's just a bunch of these. I press on toward the goal yep. for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So he, he didn't mind at all, apparently, that there were sports going on and that the Greek people love sports. Yep. He uh, employed it in his preaching and teaching. Um, but, like you were just saying, but let's not get crazy where we start getting mean yeah.
0: Yeah. To,
1: to the other guys and to the other teams.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things that. Um, kind of drove me a little batty is, uh, you know, and again, really at the end of the day, I could take it or leave it. You know, I'm, I'm a sports fan, but when I see like memes or posts about things or articles about things, um, that I feel like are really defaming a person, um, you know, calling, uh, calling somebody a name or something like that, it, it tends to get my blood up a little bit. It tends to get my dander up a little bit because, um, First of all, you know, let's assume it's let's say it's true. You know, let's say that whatever you're posting about this person is true. Isn't that gossip still? Yeah. I mean, I might not know this person, but the fact that I, you know, don't know them doesn't mean it's any less gossip. So, you know, we keep spreading, you know, these articles and these rumors and things like that about these people and we justify it in the name of, oh, it's sports. You know, these people are famous. They deserve it. They're in the public eye. They deserve, you know, things like that. And for us as believers, I think we need to be a little bit um, more careful about what we are saying, what we are doing, what we're posting. You know, one of the big things is people are getting on um, Tom Brady. And I saw this too, where, you know, after he lost, he just kind of walked off the field. And a lot of people are saying, oh, he's such a poor sportsman. He's a loser. He can't go over and shake the other quarterback's hand and tell him congratulations and blah, 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 blah. If you actually look back in football history, you're better off counting the number of times a quarterback from the other team shook the other team's hand and didn't just walk off the field. This isn't unique to you know this particular quarterback. This is something that is typical. And the other thing that, um, you know, was, you know, is talking about is, you know, he's just, again, he's a poor loser. He can't even congratulate the other team. There are actually um, other articles that are coming out talking about the fact that, you know, when they were all kind of said and done, he had changed up and he was meeting some of the Philadelphia players in the underneath in the tunnels getting ready to go. And he was shaking their hand. He was congratulating them. He was (laughs) telling them, good job. He was, you know, but. We feel like, oh, well, I'm reading this on this certain media site, and it must not be biased. Can I just say, I don't care if you're liberal, conservative. I don't care what kind of sports fan you are. All media at all times in this day and age is biased.
1: And suspect.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so could we as Christians maybe like fact check our stuff before we post it?
1: Because if we don't, we are bearing false witness. Yeah. Yeah. We're violating a commandment of God, a very important one. You should not bear false witness against your, your neighbor or your brother. Yeah. Uh, so I've got to be real careful. If I say something about Tom Brady, do I really know this for a fact? Is right. this really true?
0: Right. I saw him walk off the field and not shake the other person's hand. He must be a total jerk.
1: He, conclusion, he's a yeah. total jerk. he's a total jerk. Well, wait, jerk. let's yeah. look at his past 20 years and see what he did. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, again – As Christians, shouldn't we be showing a little more grace and compassion? I mean, like I I listened to an article or not an article, I listened to an interview before the Super Bowl game and he was asked, you know, all right, you know, let's say let's say you're retired and you're done. The fame, the fortune, the glamour is all done. What do you do now? And he's just kind of like, I don't know. Wow. I felt (laughs) I felt so sorry for him sorry, in that yes. moment such exactly. pity because you know wow. and a lot of people are like oh yeah pity the poor multimillionaire blah blah it's like but come on as christians we know that without christ it's all meaningless anyway yeah that the, you know that whatever fame there's a man who can wind has, up
1: really depressed really yeah. troubled really bad
0: yeah i mean you were talking about the olympics steve and it is staggering the number of gold medalists who turn to drugs and alcohol yeah after after they, they win 'Cause they're no
1: longer in the limelight. Yeah. It's all past. It's all over. My life is over. All the glory's gone. Yeah. And and you know, we asked the question earlier, does God really care which team wins? And you know, you can answer that either way you want. But I know this for a fact. God cares about every player.
0: Yes. yes. He cares
1: about Tom Brady. Yes. He cares about Tom Brady's future once all the glory's gone. And we should too. So rather than just blasting the guy yeah. and being ignorant, we don't even know if what we're saying is true. Uh, let's exercise some self-control and show some respect, and yeah, yeah, be cautious with our words.
0: Yeah, and I, I just you know, and it's interesting because I know that my Facebook page is full of both Christians <laughs> and non-Christians, you know. And I just you know, I wonder what my unbelieving friends uh, would be thinking it makes of you me. Scared, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know, to post things like that, it's like, wait a minute, you say you're a Christian and you're blasting this dude.
1: We're supposed know? to be different,
0: right? Right you huh. you're doing what every other sports fan does. How how no are different, you different at all.
1: Yeah. Um it's kind of discouraging, isn't it? <laughs> it? It is, but you know, yeah.
0: hopefully too, you know, to 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 our listeners out there, you know, it's also it, it also is encouraging, you know, to to be like guys, you know, let's I think this is a way that, you know, to to reach our sports fans out there, you know, who listen to us, if we have any left. I mean, after Greg left, they might have just, you know, jumped ship because, you know, he <laughs> was the sports one on here.
1: He was, wasn't he? Um,
0: but, you know, encouraging just to say, you know, we can, we can do things better as Christians. We can live better as Christians in terms of our witness and our example to um, people out there. And how they perceive us. And how they perceive us when we engage, interact in sports as well.
1: Amen. Preach it, brother. Hey, on a totally different note. Yeah. But still about sports. Do you know, if I'm reading Genesis 32 right, mm-hmm. that God, that would be the pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ making a, an appearance um, as a man. Mm-hmm. God wrestled.
0: With
1: Jacob. He wrestled. He wrestled with Jacob. Yep. And Jacob was left alone, it says. And a man, and I think later that man is identified as God, the Lord Jesus. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket. And Jacob's hip, ouch, was put out a joint uh, as he wrestled with him. And then he said, let me go for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what's your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob. But Israel, for you have striven with God yeah. and with man and have prevailed. I think the point there, by the way, was to give him a sense of his own uh, ability and power and strength. Look, man, you wrestled all night and you won. Yeah. So go forward and keep winning. Um, but anyway, it's interesting. Here's Jesus, I think, yeah. wrestling with a man all night long.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine that, you know, like when we're in the new heaven and the new earth and like having a ring set up and just being like, hey, Jesus, you want to wrestle?
1: (laughs) I'm not getting to that ring with you, brother. (laughs) You put the hurting down on me.
0: Uh, If there's one thing I learned, there's always a bigger fish. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well that's true. Isn't it? Yeah. But I won't be your bigger bitch. <laughs> You've got martial arts. I don't. You would uh, win very quickly.
0: Uh before we sign off, just wanted to go ahead and make sure we announced the winners of our the way back um, with Phil Cook and Jonathan Bach, co-authors of The Way Back, How Christians Blew Our Credibility and How We Get It Back. Um so for Twitter, uh John Krotz ended up going ahead and retweeting that. He was uh randomly selected to win the uh first copy of the book. So um and then uh for Facebook it was John Dunbar. So John Krotz for Twitter, John Dunbar for Facebook. Uh you guys put that out there and um like that and resubmitted that so that people could uh, get exposure to it. We really appreciate that. So you will each get a copy. Please go ahead and email. These go to 11, all spelled out E L E V E N. Then the number 15 at gmail.com. These go to 11. All Spelled out and then the number 15 at gmail.com. Uh, just email me with your address and let me know, and I will get these books out to you as soon as possible. Um, thanks everyone for listening. And um, you know, just a few last words before we kick off here, Steve. As always, this has been fantastic. Awesome. And once again, brother, you know, appreciate all of the time you have taken over the past several months to. Come on and um, just kind of banter with me back and forth, and I look forward to you know giving you some calls and, and having you on um, you know as a I hope you will guest speaker. So,
1: yep, it's always been a pleasure for me, man. This was a pleasure tonight. Thanks for it.
0: Awesome, thank you so much, Steve. We just rocked the Casba. These go to eleven.